Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Sport Limerick Soccer Podcast uh, this week. We're joined by our committed and dedicated analysts, Noel and Jason O'Connor, once again. And Noel, obviously, the, the best place to start would be last week's one-all draw with Galway United. Um, before the game, you would have taken that result, I'd imagine. But there's certainly an air of frustration around the place that Treaty probably should have four more points uh, than they do to show for their efforts in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think particularly the previous week against Cove, um, I think we would have said this um, earlier on in the season, if you're a goal up and you concede a late equaliser, it feels like a defeat. And if you're a goal down and you score a, a late equaliser, it feels like a win, but it's it's the same result. Um, I think they were a little bit unlucky. I thought they played very well. Um, I thought it was their best performance. Um, they played, you know, like a good away team should. They sat nice and deep. Defended very well, um, and I do think that it was the, it's their best back four. Would have said it earlier in the year. Clyde O'Connell playing centre half, and no disrespect to the other lads that have played there, they've done quite well. But I think you know if, if you're picking your best uh, back four, I think Jack Lynch had a fine outing as well um, at at right back. And if the I thought Sean McSweeney was outstanding. Uh, looked like the best player on the pitch, certainly attacking-wise. And, and that chance he created for uh, young Murphy there in the second half, if that chance had been taken, I don't think that we, you know, we we would have been talking about the con- the concession of a late equaliser and, and the dropping of two points. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd agree with you there on, on, on the most part, for sure. Jason, that's definitely the, the avoiding feeling. It was after the game that the players were very disappointed, obviously coming off. So was Tommy as well. Uh, you know, obviously it's great. We're, we're in that territory where we, we think, you know, that you're retaining your unbeaten start. But isn't it also good to hear the word coming from the camp that there is disappointment that we don't have that extra four points to show for recent weeks? Yeah, that's a bit of a change, Adrian, isn't it? You know, we were listening to Tommy all through pre-season kind of saying, oh, a position in, in the table wouldn't be realistic and stuff like that. So, it's pleasing now that that we're disappointed, I suppose, with with a home draw with with Galway, and I suppose it's the fashion that we conceded in injury time, Adrian, off the set piece and and a second phase set piece. We were watching it, and Sean McSweeney is is picking up Wilson Aguero. It doesn't clear the box. Sean leaves his man, and it's a tapping. You know, you can put it down to to tiredness. You can put it down to. Strikers defending in the wrong box, I suppose, um, but that's what makes it disappointing. It's it's so late in the game and a fantastic performance, like from Treaty. They made Galway look very, very ordinary all over the pitch, and and I add in Sean Gearns. No one mentioned that Jack and and Clyde at the back, but you'd have to mention Sean Gearns next to Clyde. Very, very solid, you know. And and I was watching it. And he put a, a challenge in a part of Cunningham after 25 minutes for a header, left a bit on him. And, and that was kind of indicative, really, of, of the defensive display throughout the evening. Mark Ludden showed his, I suppose, his value yet again. Do you know, the goal on five minutes, or sorry, my apologies, the goal on 18 minutes, excellently fashioned. Uh, Clyde playing the ball into the middle, and we can see Joel leaving his, his perch on the wing, coming in central. Uh, taking control of the ball and turning and looking to play forward. And, and that's the trigger for Mark Ludden. And, and as we watch it, 
Mark makes the break from, from left back. Manning can't track him because it's that couple of yards that he knows the ball is going into the, into the wide area for him. It's a great run and a great cross and fantastic header from Edward McCarthy. So first half, really, really comfortable, I felt, Adrian. Galway didn't cause, cause Treaty any problems whatsoever. Um, and as Noel said, on 60 minutes, Alan Murphy has a really good chance to put the game beyond um, Galway. He doesn't take it. Obviously, there's a fantastic save from Tyg on, on 72 minutes. It looked like Paula Cunningham was going to find the nest, but Tyg made himself big, brilliant save, and, and it looked like he was going to keep his clean sheath on, until, I suppose, that, that killer goal in, in added time. Yeah, absolutely. As Jason alluded to, Noel, it was a really well-worked goal for Treaty on the, on, on the night. You had Mark Ludden overlapping, making one of those trademark overlapping runs that he has done for, for Joel Custrain on, on many occasions and delivers a great ball. Also brilliant to see Ed McCarthy. You, know, you hear it, and I suppose you've probably done it yourself many years, and Jason's probably said it. You always need your opposite winger to be at that back post to try and get in and, and score a goal. And that was where young Ed McCarthy was. And even better for him again was so, to so quickly make up for the miss the week before also. Yeah, it must have been great for him. It was technically a very good goal. Great position. He didn't arrive too early. Just arrived at the right time. Um, you know, I'm sure that that miss was playing on his mind during the week. And uh, he's come. He's really come up trumps with that goal. It was a big goal, um, a big away goal for him. And, He'll certainly grow in confidence from that. Yeah, and you had obviously as Jason uh, spoke about already, Noel. It was it was probably fatigue that played a factor in the the last piece, which was kind of almost a defensive suicide from Treaty, which would be unlike them. You know, Jack Lynch went up for a ball. Maybe he didn't need to win. Uh, you know, gives away a free kick, which puts pressure on the team. And I remember hearing Tommy Barrett was screaming at his team to get higher and screaming at Tiger Ryan to get the team higher up in the box because they were very deep. And that obviously allows the opportunity then for if the ball falls to anyone, which it did, that you can just stab it home from close range. And that's exactly how it worked out, unfortunately. Yeah, it is. And you could see them. They were, I felt, after about 75 minutes, certainly wilting um, a lot of them. Now, they put in a big effort. You know, even from watching it on, on the live stream, you could see that the pace of the game was a lot quicker than in the previous two weeks, certainly. And, uh, you know, they did have to soak up a lot of pressure, even though Ty Grine, you know, obviously a great save and a couple of decent saves, but they weren't creating a whole lot Galway, but they were certainly playing the game at, at, at a very high tempo. And you could see that Treaty from about 75 minutes in were starting to wilt. I'd agree with you with... With Jack, I thought, you know, it was a ball that he didn't really have to win. Um, you know, but, you know, if, if, if he's come and clean that ball up and win it in the air, it's great. And in hindsight, it's easy to say, you know, if you just sit in and, and you don't have to win it. And I, I did think that they were miles too deep as well. They just needed that little bit of leadership, someone to just maybe bring them up maybe another five or six yards so Ty Ryan could come out as well. And in fairness, he has... I couldn't have quite well from balls at that in the box, but when there were so many bodies around, it would have been impossible for him to come. And just one of those things, you know, it's still a learning curve as well. Um, it's probably not the last time it's going to happen. You know, every single minute in these games is massively important. And there's an awful lot of goals scored in that time. We only have to look at the Premier League and see the couple of late goals that Shamrock Rovers got in, in the last two weeks where instead of getting one point, they've ended up with... Uh, with three in both games by scoring uh, goals deep into injury time. 
Yeah, certainly is the case. And actually, I was speaking to a couple of outside reporters, Jason, this week, who brought up, highlighted an issue where, obviously, we highlighted it earlier in the season, but because there's been a lot of positivity about the team, we probably haven't been highlighting in recent weeks. Because obviously, you know, the struggle for goals that the team could have for the season. And when I was speaking to Tommy Barrett uh, on Monday evening, he did say that, you know, Kieran Hanlon isn't fit enough at the moment to do both roles, as in that he's been taking balls in, holding them up, but he hasn't been able to get into the box quickly then to be on the end of these crosses. Obviously, we're missing Dean George and, and Adam Foley, which is a big one. But obviously, he, he was saying that, you know, they need to get Kieran Hanlon fitter and get him into the box because that's certainly an avenue where, they, where they'll, need, they'll need him to chip in with a few goals because it has been an area of struggle, obviously. Yeah, it's all that's missing at the moment from Kieran's performances is a goal, Adrian. He's, he's working his socks off. He's a real target man for the team. He's holding the ball up. He's bringing other players in, into the game. And, and look, while I agree with Tommy on, on the fitness side of it, look, he's making a huge effort and it's an improved, he's improving every week the amount of minutes he can stay on the pitch for. I'd also say a factor in that, Adrian, I suppose, is how deep the defence is. You know, the game will become very, very stretched and Kieran will become very, very isolated if he's to play any higher up the pitch. But the defence is deep. You look at the two boys sitting in front of the back four, did really, really well again against Galway. It was Matt Keane in there with Mark Walsh and, and they certainly outshone uh, Shane Duggan and, and Conor McCormack in my eyes because they stopped him playing. And you look and you watch McCormack, he's dropping back in between these two centre-backs at one point to pick up the ball and, and Treaty are very, very happy with that. But back to your point, look, the whole team will have to get higher up the pitch if we're, if we're going to be more effective in getting Kieran into the box. Yeah, and just to go back as well to, to Ed McCarthy, Noel, it's, it's something I highlighted at the start of the year that, you know, you feel that the ambition of younger players was the ambition there to play for your, your city's senior side. He's obviously a very young player. He's came through professional academies but it's also quite refreshing to see that on top of maybe having a skill set that you know there's a lot of dedication and commitment and hard work in the performance and that's something that sometimes young players don't always have when they come in and they've been at clubs uh, at a higher level as well like Cork City so it's probably refreshing to see that as well the work ethic he's bought into that that is there for the whole team at the moment Yeah and I think that'll be certainly true of him and certainly in the future and that's the whole idea of the academy system if you like I think if players kind of drift out um, out of that system and maybe go to other clubs or just drop out of the National League in terms of the senior and the underage, they may well pick up some bad habits and maybe not not be as professional as they want or, or as we'd want them to be. So in that case, like he certainly will be a shining light for for, for the young players in the next few years and hopefully there'll be a few more like him to come through. But just to go back, say, to Kieran Hanlon, I, I, in fairness, I'm, uh, Tommy would have joked that uh, John Caulfield is spending a lot of time watching Treaty or he's been to certainly a good few of the games in the last few weeks. I think I agree with um, Jason in terms of the, of the Galway midfield on the ball. I thought that Shane Duggan had a pretty quiet game um, I wouldn't expect a huge amount out of Conor McCormack on the ball, but I certainly think that he did one thing very well. And if you go back and look at the game, the amount of ball that he picked up off Kieran Hanlon because he knew that he, he was very good at taking the ball in and bringing the treaty players into the game. And I think four or five times that he did get the ball, he was straight in from the opposite side to his two centre halves, and he and he 
he picked up the ball there. So I would say that that was down to the work that um, that John Caulfield had done in terms of watching what Treaty do. And uh, it's probably something that maybe other teams might start to pick up on. But it is certainly true that it's going to be very hard to see Kieran Hanlon or any striker. And we would have said it about Dean George as well if he was playing. that We had a worry that they may well be isolated if if Treaty continued. And I think it is a bit important now that maybe that, you know, that... Just uh, and that's the kind of a leadership thing as well. Um, in terms of the group that they try and play maybe five or ten yards higher up the pitch, and then the back four shove the two holding midfielders on a little bit. And you know, if if they are going to improve or keep improving and look for the next level, well, that's so, something that they are going to have to embrace, and it'll have to be embraced kind of on the pitch, you know, minute by minute as as the game goes and the game changes. Yeah, now that you mentioned you know, all the performances of, of Conor McCormack uh, and Shane Duggan, um, seemed quite lacklustre on the ball, it would be fair to say. And obviously, as uh, Jason mentioned, Matt Keane and Mark Walsh did a great job in there in stifling them. Uh, you know, we have obviously there's great expectation on Galway for the season. They will certainly need to, you know, do you think that this dynamic between McCormack and Duggan can work firstly? And I, I certainly think from my own viewing that they will need to find uh, either a different version of striker to Parry Cunningham because I don't think that he will get the, the goals uh, for the coming season that can propel them to the top. Yeah, well, look, I've seen him obviously last week. I saw a good bit of their game against Shelburne as well. In fairness to them, I didn't think that they, that they had a whole lot of options in front of them. Um, I think they lacked a bit of wit, particularly against Shelburne and, you know, probably against Treaty as well. And, uh, you know, for for midfielders to do well, I suppose, you know, they have to have options. They have to have movement in front of them. And so far, we haven't seen much of that. But in a typical uh, John Caulfield team, they kept going until the end. You know, a lot of teams would have tried, kind of thrown in the towel and said, it's not going to be our night, but they stuck at it. And, and it was a huge point for them, I think, uh, for Galway, because they were going through a rocky time, albeit they probably will get the three points against Kevin Teeley. They didn't win him on the pitch and they were still struggling to get a bit of form. So he'll hope that uh, that was a kind of a, a starting point for them and it'll kickstart their season. But there'll certainly be a team that will keep going until the very last second of every game, in which case, if they're within a goal of the opposition, you know, that they have a great chance of either drawing the game or winning the game. Yeah, and on another note, uh, Jason, you meant, we mentioned that we spoke about at the start of the season, you know, where we expected certain players to play. And you did say that you it's a different level playing centre-back between obviously playing at junior level and playing at senior level, which Slider Connell excelled at junior level playing centre-back, as we know, with Fairview Rangers. That was his first time really to, the other night to see him at centre-back. And you, you know, you raised maybe some concerns about you know being able to step up to it. Uh, did he ease concerns in any way for you uh, last Friday night? He did. He dealt with the direct play from from Galway very well, but his diagonal passes were excellent, Adrian, as well. And and both him and and Sean Gears, both of them hit diagonal passes a lot during the evening, and and that was refreshing to see because. It's important that we move the ball out of that defensive third, as I said in the past. Yeah, look, Clyde, big, strong lad, good in the air. The question marks are still there. We won't, we won't remove him from me just yet, um, especially due to the red card that he pick, picked up so early in the season. He's going to need to curtail that and, and watch the discipline. There's no doubt he has ability, Adrian. There's no doubt in that. And, and been left-sided as well is an advantage. But... 
he's among he's among good players, he's among good professionals in that back four, and they'll certainly help him along as well. Yeah, certainly. And another individual uh, performance, Noel, and others doubts now over whether Joel Kustram will play against Cork. He was taken off at half time last week uh, against Galway. There's doubts over him, over his fitness, and Tommy said that they won't know until maybe even tomorrow when they go into the session whether he'll he'll be fit enough to take part, uh, as well as Anthony O'Donnell, who was missing last week. Um, it was it was interesting. Joel Kustrain was very lively and was helped out an awful lot by by Mark Ludden on the wing. And uh, the one I, I suppose the one slight criticism I would have of him is because of the ability uh, he has knowledge that sometimes I felt he could have been a bit more direct in his running at uh, Gary Boylan, especially when he had him going backwards. And he was backtracking, you know, and he had the momentum. There was a couple of times where I felt he could have been a bit more positive in possession. Uh, I'm not sure if you agree with that. Yeah, I think I mentioned him last week as a player who I felt needed to step up a little bit more. Um, particularly for Treaty, we mentioned how they had really found their defensive solidity, but, you know, that they were looking for something in attack. For the guy with the pedigree that, that he has at, at the level that, that he has played, I was expecting a bit more out of him, particularly against Cove. I would agree with you. I, I like to see those wide, wide players, particularly when the final third, to you know, to go and take the fullback on, just to try and get beyond him and get around him, or, or to put in put in an early cross. And I suppose that will bring us back to our previous point about getting people in the box as well. And uh, I was always a believer of let's get the crosses in the box first, and then maybe work at getting guys into the box, then if that's the case, if you're struggling, because I think it's a bit negative if guys say, well, there's no point in us crossing the ball in the box if, if we have no one there. I I think we need to work the ball in there first and then work on... And it'll also give those players a bit more belief and a little bit more desire in terms of getting into the box, knowing that if he's on the ball or the wide right player is on the ball and he gets beyond the full back, that he is going to put the ball in the box. And I think it's probably something that we need to see. But I would agree with you in terms of um, I just expected a little bit more out of him. Now, if he is carrying an injury, I think it's fair enough to say there's hardly much point in bringing him on or starting him in a match if there's a little bit of a doubt about him and then having him, you know, to come off at halftime. In, I think because it's such a long season, they might be as well off just to be sure that the whole thing is cleared up and we don't have any doubts about him and that when he is picked, we're expecting him to play for the full game and we're not talking about, you know, well, we weren't sure was he quite fit or, you know, because we, we want to judge him that that he is 100% fit and uh, that, that, that he's able to give his all for the full 90 minutes if he's picked to start the game. Yeah, we move on now to that Cork game on Friday night, Jason. Obviously a massive game. Would it be fair to say that it's the perfect situation for Tommy Barrett and Treaty? You go into the game unbeaten, Cork are coming into the game off three defeats, almost an, an all-pressure situation. Again, they can really go out and attack and, and try and win now at home. They can, Adrian. They'll be looking forward to this. And never a better time to play a Cork. Um, the only worry, I suppose, is is the couple of injuries that Treaty are carrying. Um, Anto O'Donnell was a groin and, and Joel looked like a hamstring. So we don't know if they're pulls or they're just strains, but you're beginning then to look at, at what's outside of the first 11 and you know, are we going to have the quality to, to, to come in and are they going to understand the system and are they going to manage, I suppose, the work rate that the starting 11 has put in over the last couple of games? But they'll be looking forward to it. There's no doubt about that. Um, Cork, 
haven't started the season well at all. I'm sure there'll be pressure on, on Colin Healy. They were beaten 3-1 by Shells, obviously, um, last weekend. And Jack Walsh was sent off, so he'll obviously miss the game um, against Treaty. And there's also a doubt as well um, over Stephen Beattie. So if he was to miss the game, then it'll certainly be a positive for Treaty. But it's a game we'll be looking to win. Um, we kind of predicted draws over the last couple of weeks, but Cork coming to town, no greater incentive for the lads, and I'd expect a home win, Adrian. Yeah, I forgot to give you your fair dues. Uh, it was a rare correct prediction from both of you last week about uh, the Galway and Treaty game and, and the draw that you predicted beforehand. But uh, it's um, it's no, it's it's going to be a tough game. Every game is going to be tough, as Tommy Varrick keeps reminding me uh, in in the interviews uh, for Treaty, but. The you know the quality is there for Cork. They do have a lot of quality players. Um, you'll be hoping they don't click because obviously they haven't clicked so far this season. You do have the likes of Gerard Morrissey, uh, Keane Coleman, Dylan McLeod, and the likes obviously Stephen Beattie if he plays among other young players like Alec Byrne uh, in the squad. Uh, so you know it is a case of we will hope that their their poor run continues because you feel like it it can continue. The losing streak can continue for that much longer for Cork to be fair. Yeah, and I'd be thinking that, like, I, I think there's a bit of expectation I want to It's probably the first game that they're going into where people are looking saying, you know, they're probably favourites to win it. Um, they've gone to one of the championship contenders and got a great away point last week. As you said, Cork have lost three in the bounce. And uh, there'll be an expectation on, on, on Treaty to win that game. And, you know, the mindset is so important. I watched Colin Healy's interview after the... The Shelburne game, I thought he was fairly cranky enough about uh, about what happened. And I would expect him to come to Limerick and give it a real go. And, um, you know, OK, they lost last week 3-1. They could have gone 2-0 up when Garod, Garod Marcy hit the post uh, from a corner. Shelburne equalised and then um, Cork had a man sent off. So, But it wasn't until the 92nd minute that, that Shelburne got their third goal. So there wasn't a huge amount in it. And... Well, I think that Shelburne are the outstanding team in it. So, you know, they certainly didn't collapse. And the week before, as I said, the last one ill Atlone, but it was a dreadful error with about 10 or 15 minutes to go in an in-all game. And Atlone are in great form at the moment. So, you know, you are thinking that maybe their luck will change or they'll get that break because it does happen that way, you know, and they'll be looking at that game and they'll be, re- they'll be really looking forward to it and they'll feel that, that they have a real chance and I think it's going to be quite a difficult night um, for Treaty. Yeah, Noel is right there, Jason, really, isn't he? When 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 you when he speaks about the fact that there is a different level of expectation now because in the first four games, all of the first four games effectively, we were kind of saying like we were expecting very little in terms of results out of the team. It was all being played down. Uh, it's not the case now, as, as Noel said. You know, there is a bit of expectation there with Cork in poor form and, and that is massive because... The team has has worked on, on a kind of an underdog status for the first four games. They've really worked hard as if they had a point to prove. And, and that kind of small shift in mindset where, oh, we might be favourites going into this, it, you know, that can change things. And it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that as well, I suppose. Well, Adrian, I don't think Tommy and Mike McCarthy and Mick Shield and, and Dave Roney will allow that to creep into the dressing room. And when you look at the characters in the team, the Jack Lynch's of this world, you know, they won't be taking anything for granted. They'll be they'll be looking at every game as as a scalp, you know, and, and that'll be no different this week. It'd be unfair of us really to put Treaty as favourites. 
But personally, based on the performances I've seen, they'd be good value for a win. They're at home. It can be done. I'd say it's more belief in themselves rather than cockiness will be the key to it. Yeah, certainly. And all probably with the weather forecast that's due and uh, the, the pitch at the Maxfield in, in fine condition, it's a pity, obviously, as, as we keep saying, that you won't have any supporters because this could have dragged in a real big crowd, a Munster Derby. Cork generally did, even when we were struggling in Jackham Park, used to maybe tip over a 1,000. Uh, so that's obviously a, a big disappointment, but hopefully they'll have plenty on, on the stream, which was also, there was a marked improvement in the stream at the Markets Field, which was great to see in, in the last game against Cove as well, Noel, from the first night against Wexford. Oh, there was, yeah. There was indeed, yeah. Yeah, I think... Um... I certainly fancy Cork to get at least a draw. Um, I think that they're that they're going to get a bit of momentum, and um, I, I think that they have a right chance of getting a draw. I think it'll be a right tough game, as you say. It'll be a very open game as well. Um, pitch should be in great nick. Um, a, a nice warm night, and there should be there should be a lot of good football in it. But I suppose the real test, as we said, is is going to come for Treaty, and and it, it hasn't happened like, well except for the. It hasn't happened that they've gone a goal down. And I suppose that's probably the next big test for them. And uh, if Cork were to score first, it would be interesting to see um, how the game pans out after that. Yeah, and Jason, watching Cork City, it's kind of how you were, you were kind of maybe giving out somewhat about the, the fact that treaties, players, defenders, goalkeepers were touching the ball a lot in pre-season. Uh, you know, maybe too much. I watch Cork, you know, in spells, and they do like to play maybe a bit of total football in, in some areas and, and have overplayed it in certain areas, which, you know, Treaty will obviously obviously maybe allow them to do. But, you know, they're coming to Maxfield now, which is a perfect pitch for them to do it on on Friday night. So I don't expect Colin Healy to change that. And, and I think their, their midfielders will look to dominate that area of the pitch anyway on the ball. They will if they're allowed, Adrian, you know, you know from listening to me over the last few weeks, I'm not a fan of... of playing the ball around in, in your defensive third. And, and I'm sure if Colin Healy continue, continues with that approach, then Treaty will let him have it back there. They'll get set in the middle of the park like they did over the last couple of weeks. And, and they'll wait till the ball comes into the middle of the field and then they'll press it. And look, we mentioned Shane Duggan. There's no doubt Shane's a great player, you know, with, with Galway. We, we mentioned Conor McCormack. We spoke about um, Brandon Kavna and... and the players that, that Bray have that they can express themselves given time on the ball. But Treaty haven't allowed anybody to do that as, as of yet, Adrian. And, and I don't expect that to change on Friday night. Yeah, and just a quick scan uh, before we finish over the, the rest of the results, uh, run over the rest of the results from last week like we usually do. I mean, Noel O'Connor, you must be getting a bit uh, worried now that Atlon's farm isn't isn't going away anytime soon and that they're quite consistent, even though it's early days. Uh, big 2-1 victory against Bray and two big away victories in a row. Uh, it's obviously, you know, there's a long season ahead, but they're, on, they're riding on the crest of a wave at the moment. Absolutely, and particularly you'd have to be impressed with last week's one because they were a goal down. Um, and not only did they get back to equalise, but, but they won the game. And they are in great form. But as you say, there's, there's a long way to go. It's a long season. And uh, while we're still in single single figures of games played, uh, I I won't lose too much sleep about it at the moment. Yeah, as we always say, it'll probably be about a round and a half again before we'll see any sort of pattern developing in the league. And, and that might be even generous itself for me saying that. Uh, Jason, as well, the Wexford game, Cove, Cove picked up a narrow victory. 
I know this might be over-exaggerating a bit, but that was probably fairly devastating for Wexford at home. I, I heard that they were well in the game the second half to get an equaliser. They would have really be they would have really eyed up that game against Cove as one to kickstart their season. And obviously, Cove, on the other hand, there would have been some seriously contrasting emotions because Cove would have been very relieved to come out of there with a win then as well, considering their start. Yeah, I don't know whether they've been relieved, Adrian. I'm sure Stuart Ashton would have had a lot to say to these players after the, the treaty game. And that was their first win of the season, you know, goals from Kieran Griffin and Killian Cooper. And I suppose in control, but Kyle Robinson got one back in 87 minutes and was a nervous finish, all right, for Cove. But look, they'll be happy to get the win on the board. Wexford struggling, as we know. Cove at home to Bray this week, so... That was a big, big win against Wexford last week for them. Um, you mentioned that loan there. Two goals for Curtis Byrne last week and that'll be a, a weight off his shoulders to get off the mark. And, and they're away to Wexford actually this coming week. So they'll be looking to continue their good form. But yeah, good win for Cove. Disappointment for Wexford um, at loan, given all sleepless nights <laughs> <laughs> certainly so even though he won't admit it but uh, yeah you also, as you move on to the, the next one you've got UCD uh, had another quite comprehensive victory although Andy Myler came out afterwards and, and said that they'll have to play better than they did last Friday if they are to be uh, up in the mix of, of, of having aspirations to I suppose what he was getting at was maybe winning the league rather than the, the playoffs and all. Uh, comprehensive victory in the end but you know there, there's Kind of they've set off again, scoring a lot of goals this year. Uh, Cullen, they'll be delighted that Cullen Whelan scored again three goals. He's he started off like house on fire, and him and Yoya Maddy had a great partnership last year. But he's taken on the mantle this year, and, and he has him firing on all cylinders up front, and and that's that's something we we highlighted that they probably would happen at the start of the season. Yeah, and look, I I don't see any reason why it won't continue either. But in fairness to Andy Myler, I say that was a bit of. Um, a Jason O'Connor tactic there. He wanted to make sure that the team aren't, aren't going to get too complacent by their high-scoring wins. And uh, he came out after and, and said that they needed to play better. But often, you know, a manager will use those interviews to, you know, to get his point across to his team. And I'd say that's um, what Andy Myler was doing. He's an all-experienced campaigner, what he was doing there um, in that post-match uh, interview. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously, massive game, no Munster Derby Friday evening. And we thank you very much, uh, Noel and Jason, for previewing uh, the game with us. And we hope to have you here and have our viewers here next week also as well to discuss it and hopefully discuss uh, a 3D United win. So thank you very much for your time this evening. 